Welcome to the 73rd episode of the Free Pizza Podcast. Today's guest is Julie Tito, a graphic designer and illustrator. Enjoy. Free Pizza, your platform for creatives, and today we have the wonderful Jilly Tito. What's up? Hey. How's everything going? <laughs> I'm doing great. How are you? I'm doing well. It's a nice little Sunday afternoon for us. You're in Texas, by the way, for people who are listening. She's in Austin right now, uh, where she uh-huh. lives there, and we're doing this over Skype, and you know, shout out to Skype. Um, but yeah, like I said, she is an <laughs> amazing illustrator and graphic designer, and we're getting ready to hear her, her, her journey, her story right now. Yeah, where do you where do you want to start? Let's start. <laughs> let's start at the very beginning. I know you went to school for it, but did uh, well for graphic design. But did that start like earlier than that? Maybe in high school or or even earlier? Yeah, definitely. Illustration definitely started when I was really young. Um, my parents said that out of all the kids, I was the only one that they had an inkling of what I might end up doing. Um, something creative, something artistic. Um, and I didn't really explore anything until high school. Um, I was always taking pictures and uh, I loved music and I did a lot of creative things, but I never thought I would end up doing it as a profession mm-hmm. until, my se- until my senior year of high school. Um, and I'd already applied to colleges for English because I had no idea what I wanted to do. So <laughs> I was like, well, I guess I'll just apply to colleges for English. Like, why not? Uh, everyone else is like going to college. So let's just, let's do this. Um, and then I took a graphic design class in my like last semester of uh, high school. And I ended up being really good at it. And most of that comes from my um, my, my days of MySpace photoshopping yes. training. Yes. <laughs> you know, putting emo lyrics over my photos. <laughs> um, so I'd already like self-taught myself Photoshop, so I knew what was up with that. And um, yeah, I took that class, and I I really liked it. And my teacher said to me one day, you know, like, why don't you go to school for this? You're really good at it. You have a knack for it. And I hadn't really thought about that before. And so um, I, at the last minute, uh, applied to a school that had a program and I went for that. That's amazing. For graphic design. Yeah. That's awesome. So before we jump into how the college stuff was, so let's, what were you mostly designing and outside of the myspace stuff illustrating in high school like what did you really learn in those uh the graphic design class in, in high school um in, in high school did you say yeah uh in high school it was we were doing like kind of commercial stuff it was like i remember making like redesigning a chili's menu <laughs> which was really <laughs> weird um i was really into lord of the rings so i did a uh yes an ale a hobbit ale like a just a label like a drink label that's um, so sick so we did we did a lot of like more commercial stuff and then in college it was cool because it was the program i was in in austin because i tra- ended up transferring to austin um to St. Edward's University, that program there was way more conceptual and uh, it opened, 
it just opened the world of design to me that it could be like so much more than just you know logos and branding and magazine layouts so uh, that program really I really loved that program that's awesome did you have any um, doubts um, going to school and pursuing something in the arts oh 100 <laughs> percent so did my parents and my parents had doubts too and they uh, but they supported me um, I think I had doubts mostly because that first I the first school I went to I did I, w- I did so poorly at that school <laughs> like mm. it was just not the environment for me and the program was like so hard because I'd never really taken art classes before up until that moment so I'm just like thrown into this college where all these kids seem to like know so much more than me and I just struggled immensely and so that was when I probably had my most doubts <laughs> when I was just probably the worst in the class absolutely um, and before when I was deciding to leave that school I was I was actually going to quit pursuing that field um, but I decided to not give up I decided to not move back to Boston Massachusetts which is the area I'm from mm-hmm. and I said I'm gonna go to Austin and try again and I'm not gonna give up so I came to Austin and I put a hundred and ten percent into my education here like super nerdy it just (laughs) just like seriously like I lived in that computer lab I was like determined to um just determined to soak up every bit of information that I could and to not allow myself to fall into the hole that I had previously fallen into that's, that's so. incredible. So, do you know why maybe you did so poorly? I guess in at the school in Boston. Well, the first school uh, was actually the University of Delaware. So okay. Delaware. That, that, so Delaware one was not for me, okay. <laughs> which is like, um, and that was the only school that didn't require a portfolio to get into the visual. Uh, communication program Mm -hmm. so that's why I ended up going there because it was such a last-minute decision Um, but I just I think I did so poorly because I I just I I really didn't believe in myself I was alone I didn't have a support system there I uh, I honestly think it was the doubt that overcame me and I let it get the better of me Mm -hmm. and um, yeah, I, I just I I gave up essentially, yeah. and I let I let everything else around me control me, and it that's, led to my demise. That's wild. I mean, that's very. It sounds like it sounds like that, that's exactly what they would do to you at the at the end of that. So I'm glad you came out of it. That's awesome. So what kind of why Austin? So what what what, what kind of got you there? Why Austin? It's it's funny because when I. I first told people I was moving to Texas. They were like, what is in Texas? Why are you going there? And of course now Austin <laughs> is like, Austin is, such, you know, blew up as a city, yeah. as a creative city. Um, I was, like I said, in Delaware, I had no friends there. <laughs> so right. I was always listening to music and watching movies. And um, I watched this one movie called The Devil and Daniel Johnson. It was a documentary about this artist that is from Austin. He still lives here today. Um, and I was just so inspired by his story. He was a, he struggles with some very severe mental health problems, okay. and um, I just was so moved by his story and his drive. And 
I was like, okay, well, Austin, that's cool. And then um, a friend like happened to come back from a trip to, from Austin and talked such great things about, talked so highly of it. And so I said, well, let me go visit it. So mm-hmm. I went on my, my April break, my spring break, I came to visit and I tr- I really could picture myself here. It was 2007 when I did this and that was in April. And then I had a friend from Boston who had family in Texas. And so I, on a whim, knowing that I probably wouldn't do well on my own, mm-hmm. uh, called her and I just said, Hey, like I'm thinking of moving to Austin, Texas. Uh, what do you you think you want to move with me (laughs) and she uh you know she she said yes almost immediately so um yeah i mean it was like that that conversation happened in the spring and then we moved here june 2007 that is crazy um, so over 10 years ago yeah i mean this summer i'll be here for 12 years which is wild to think about because it was just it was such a I don't know d- how I got here, and if I if I hadn't gone through the struggles in Delaware, I wouldn't have come to Austin. And it just I've made such a life here, so it just goes to show that you can face adversity and come out of it and make make something really special from it. Absolutely. Do you think so? What really drove you to go, I guess, to do better down in Austin than Delaware. I guess you had your more of a support system. You had your homie there with you. And I had my homie here with me. Yeah. <laughs> I think also it was just, it was, it, it was just, I, I couldn't, like, I couldn't fail again. Yeah. Like I couldn't, I couldn't do it. Um, not only that, but I really do think that the school that I, and the program that I chose really, was such a such a great match for me it was a smaller school um the program i was in was i think there was maybe like 20 30 other designers in the program and we just became such a tight-knit group yeah um the teachers were fantastic and supportive so all in all i just i just think finding the right fit is so important and i knew that the other school was bad for me and i just let it go on for too long i let it go on until um i like i couldn't go on anymore so that's so cool i bet that change of scenery was very nice as well um so guide us through how school was i mean you have to go in like to elaborate super detail of every single class but maybe what maybe projects very or what projects stood out to you or how the class was taught was it very strict or was it very free i know it was very tight-knit with you know 30 40 you guys so how was that um i'm trying to remember some projects off the top of my head i'm remembering like this was the first time i got into a lot of type work um like typography and i found a love for that which i hadn't really explored before um i think more so than the projects we were having it was just that the teachers were so open to helping us Mm -hmm. with anything at any time like the during lab hours like they would come in and and be there for us and I was also, um, there was a graphic design group on campus too, and we learned other skills besides just computer skills. So like, that's where I learned how to screen print, which ended up being 
very influential in my life. Mm-hmm. Um, and from that being involved in that group, that's how I, I mean, that's how like my whole career started post-school, which yep. is me working in screen printing shops. That is, that's crazy. So after school, you got, you graduated in whatever. Um, did you know what direction you were to go? Well, right after school, I actually got a job like while I was still in school. So um, that the graph design group on campus called Command G, um, which if anyone is an Illustrator nerd, you know that that's how you group things <laughs> on Illustrator. Um, awesome. So, <laughs> uh, so I had organized uh, the group to go to a print shop in town, and I loved it so much that I hit up the owner after the tour and I was I said you know I need an internship for my last semester in school I would love to come work in the art department there and he said yes and I started working there um, as an intern and then as soon as I graduated he offered me to stay to come on the team and be full-time at the print shop in the art department so that's where I went as soon as school ended and it kind of has guided me since then that's awesome were you able at the print shop to do like graphic design stuff like were you creating your own works of art there or were you just kind of doing what they kind of told you um it was at the beginning it was mostly doing what they told me i mean the, the clients would come in and they would ask for, we, we've had a lot of country artists, a lot of country bands, yeah. being, I guess, being in Texas. So <laughs> yeah. um, I did a lot of country designs in the beginning. And this was a lot different from the design work that we were doing in school. I mean, not just because it was country, but because um, screen print design and T-shirt design is uh, it's a little bit different than, you know, uh, print layouts like you know books and magazines or ads or logos it's just it's a little bit different but all of the concepts that you learn in graphic design like apply uh, apply to t-shirts so um i was yeah i was doing a lot of country stuff that's good that's but good. <laughs> but at the same day yeah it's all right it was experience, a, you, know? you know what it was a it was a good lesson for me to learn how to adapt, like to adapt to what some like a client wants and um, how to read people. And a lot of people have a hard time describing what they want. So like my interpretation skills uh, increased by, you know, 500. I just became really good at knowing what someone wanted before they even knew it. So. Um, it, I feel like it taught me a lot working with working there and then I also got to use their equipment so I could print my own stuff and oh um, yeah absolutely so that was really fun that's wild I mean I'm guessing I mean it's cool you had that experience because I mean you said working with clients which is going very help you help you a lot in the freelance stuff and the site work and also yeah the equipment usage is probably huge because they probably had a lot of stuff that you know was very expensive and you maybe not have you know may not have had access to otherwise Exactly. Yeah. It um, it the whole working with clients aspect of it really was invaluable because from that job, which I ended up staying at for three years, um, when I left that job, that's when I started freelancing, and I just took 
all the knowledge I had from working with clients there and applied it to working with clients for, you know, for myself. Yeah. That's awesome. And I guess at that time, were you doing like stuff on the side too? Were you able to? You know, I, I didn't really do anything on the side. I, it probably would have been smart had I lined up a bunch of clients uh, before I just dove into freelancing and quit my job. Yeah. Uh, I did not do that. I, I had gotten to a point um, where I just, I couldn't do the ru- the routine anymore. Yeah. I couldn't. Uh, some people are great at it. Some people love the nine to five. They love structure. They love the routine. Um, I'm an Aquarius. Okay. I cannot, <laughs> like, I cannot do the routine structure. Uh, I'm a dreamer by nature. Yes. I just, I wanted to be free. Um, and it was at this, it was at the point where I, I felt pushed in the corner and I just, I had to break free. And so without, having side work without having any anything lined up i put my two weeks in and um i just i just dove in i just went in for it and uh yeah my like livelihood depended on on it and working hard (laughs) that's awesome it's cool what i like about you and i definitely applaud you on that i remember i think i remember you told me that and i was like super stoked on on that for you but um you left a pretty decently known company i mean I mean that was that that's pretty insane. So I guess tell us how did you have a process of when you kind of dove into freelance, or did you just really just like, all right, I'm quitting. That's it. Did you have any? You said you didn't have any clients lined up, did you? I didn't, and it yeah. actually happened. Uh, I done it twice. The that time I was just speaking about was. Um, I did, I freelanced for three years after that first print shop that I worked at. Gotcha. And uh, and then there came a point where I was offered to work in another print shop that, um, industry print shop, which I really, uh, I respected. And the, and the art department there was just stacked. I mean, Jared Connor, Bobby Dixon, Mm -hmm. like those are, they're like legends in the print world. And to, and I'd actually already worked with Jared before at the other print shop. So I already knew working with him that he, um, he was amazing. And so, I said, yeah, I'll come in. And it was part-time in the beginning. So I started working there again part-time. And then I ended up moving to full-time. And I did that. I worked there for two years. And then got that same feeling in me where, where I thought, I, like, I, I need to break free again. I need to do my own thing. Um, and so for the second time, I just <laughs> leaped back into freelancing with nothing lined up. And... <clears throat> But somehow, I don't know, I I keep landing on my feet and it's, yeah. you know, uh, it's working out and I want to say it's luck. I have, you know, I have imposter syndrome, so I'm like, I'm, I put it all, I'm putting it all towards luck, saying that oh that's my. how it gets, gets me where I am. But right. I have to, I also have to say that, you know, I've, I've worked really hard and I've built relationships with people that they, um they say good things about me and they and they tell other people and and those people come to me and so it i don't know it always it seems to be working out and i have to um i don't know i have to say that 
I'm okay at it. Maybe yeah. I'm okay at it. You're amazing. <laughs> you know, I definitely, and I definitely want to say it's luck. I mean, I definitely believe in the it's hard work. You know, meets opportunity because I mean you're absolutely amazing. Um, but wow, so I got to mix up then. So I met you after the industry part, not the, not the the other job. Right, yeah, right. Okay. So it's yeah. it's been yeah, it's been over the course of years that this you know the stories that I'm telling. But you met me. Uh, I was still at industry, and then I left at I left like six months ago. Yes. Yeah. It, I left, yeah, it was very. Recent. I left in June, so um, it's been about six months back into the freelance world. Right. So and. Um, I'm still here. I'm still paying bills. You're so still I'm kicking doing it. Ass. Absolutely. <laughs> and that's and that's what I meant by earlier about that. I mean, that's a very that's a huge print company in Texas. Like, I mean, they y'all do stuff for a lot of people. So I bet it was very uh very crazy leaving such a, you know, large prestige, prestige shop. shop. I mean, yeah, they make incredible things. So kudos to you. That's amazing. So Thank I guess you. tell us I guess tell us how you operate being freelance. I know you you said that um Obviously, word of mouth is awesome, but what other tools do you use to get more business, or if you're using it at all? Well, it honestly has all been word of mouth, and I don't know if that's, like, strange or, or weird, because I took down my website because I wanted to start over, so I don't have a website right now. Right. Um, and yeah, it's all been like people that I meet, you know, if I go out to art shows or um, just networking, I will make sure to, I don't know, make, make sure that they know that I'm available, <laughs> make sure I'm available um, for them. And it, yeah, it seems to be all word of mouth. And I think also Austin has such a high demand for designers that yes. it's it's like possible in this city. But I'm not sure if I did this anywhere else that it would be possible. Really? Huh. Yeah, I, I think about that all the time. And I and I thought about that a lot when I first started freelancing in like that first round because um, just like living the affordability of the city, which is kind of going away because the city's expanding and so rent is getting a little bit more problem problematic but yep, that's um, what i've heard yep yeah so i mean that was the appeal of austin in the beginning that artists could like could afford living here and it was and it was a city for artists like by artists but um yeah it's all been word of mouth it's kind of crazy that's amazing so have you had any opportunity to work with people outside of, the, of texas uh, I did some work for people in New York. Okay. It wasn't anything like too crazy or wild, but um, I have worked with people in New York. I've worked with people in Boston. Um, hopefully, I do want to like do some more traveling and make some more connections. And so that's kind of like one of the goals of 2019 is to do more work outside of just Austin. Right. That's pretty insane. It's funny you mentioned New York. I was just there with Matt. Um, <laughs> oh, really? <laughs> yeah, I was in Brooklyn, and he saw my snap or my Instagram story. He's like, "Dude, are you in Brooklyn?" I was like, "Yeah." What are you doing here? <laughs> and he's another graphic designer. Up. Yeah, we met up and hung out, and I, I mentioned you and stuff. And I was like, "Dude, she's doing such amazing thing." He's a graphic designer out there as well. He's also equally amazing. Um, yeah, he's yeah. great. He's so good. That's such a shout out to uh, Matt if you listen to this. But um, back to you. So, what? Being freelance is super scary to me. Like, I want to do it, but I'm like, I don't know. But like, what is something mm -hmm. that you've kind of faced, like 
I don't know, maybe financially or just, I don't know, just organizing your projects? Or what's kind of the hardest thing that you've uh, encountered? The hardest thing? Well, the fr- I mean, my first reaction is to say financially, it's kind of a juggle because you never really know when you're going to get paid. So, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you know, when you have a, a normal job, it's like, okay, well, you're going to get you have your payday. It's like, you know, when you're going to be able to pay the bills and you rely on that. And it's not that way when you freelance, like I didn't get, I worked on a project in December and I didn't get paid until January. So I went a whole month without a whole very expensive month, by the way, December is always an expensive month, Uh, not, not making any money. Um, but you kind of just, you adjust to it and you budget and that part ends up, you end up learning, like, what's the right word? I don't know. You can edit that, this part out, maybe. No, you're good <laughs> adjusting, learning. I mean, like, yeah. That's, that's, you, you end up getting used to it. You, you wean yourself off of your addiction of the two-week paycheck. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. you, you adjust. I think even more than just the financial scariness is probably, like, the mental health. Like, dealing with loneliness. I think that's a big thing. Yeah. Um, that being a freelancer like you don't have your co-workers you are uh i mean luckily my roommate um miles he is a freelance web developer so we have our desk set up next to each other downstairs and yes. we work together and, and like honestly if he wasn't there with me on the daily uh it would be really hard to work because my mind can be a black hole and <laughs> i can get lost I like is a challenge to leave the house like I am so grateful that I work with him and he um, I think him and I support each other in a lot of ways uh, with with the freelance lifestyle Um, he was gone for like a month on vacation and I seriously thought I was going crazy I was like talk we have a dog and a cat here and I was like talking to them (laughs) I would go whole days without talking to anyone and then like at six o'clock Josh would come home and I would be like you're the first person i've seen <laughs> oh, just like like crawling to the door like hello <laughs> like please hang out with me Yo, that's crazy i never thought about the part of being lonely being freelance i've never ever ever thought about that part yeah i mean i think i read an article and it said that um like 20 percent of contractor fr- freelance artists report loneliness as being their biggest issue of being a freelancer that's i mean it sounds like a small percentage but it's it's i think it's kind of big that's huge to say that that's the biggest problem that they face um so you will see like a lot of co-working spaces popping up everywhere and i think because people are realizing that that we like need human interaction it's especially creatives like we want to be around other creative people so yes that makes a lot of sense actually because even in greensboro which is i mean it's, it's on the up and up as far as the arts but there's a few popping up here and that that makes a lot more sense actually that's awesome yeah that's cool so jumping into outside of your client work you're still making a personal work um so where is that coming from because i'm seeing like you know a lot of caricatures and animals and you know a variety (laughs) of colors and so where's inspiration from that coming from um inspiration so probably my biggest inspiration is miyazaki who is a japanese animator um my mom introduced him to me my brother my sister when we were really young 
and he is just like this crazy imaginative illustrator and his worlds are like beautiful and and thoughtful and detailed ornate and whimsical and i was just like so infatuated with him when i was a kid and and just everything adventurous when i was a kid like i loved tolkien and uh jim henson shel silverstein like i was always my head was always up in the clouds and dreaming of other worlds so drawing it kind of just drawing those type of worlds came naturally to me just making up strange creatures and like inspired by flora and fauna uh fauna um i just i wanted to create these realms like these fantastical realms that i felt i belonged in yeah absolutely that's so crazy so most of their inspiration is coming from books or in authors. I, yeah, I read a yeah. lot when I was a kid. Um, I read a lot, a lot. And then uh, and then traveling, too. Like, I, I just have such a fascination with traveling because I think it, like, ignites this wonder in us that we really don't get as easily as adults. Um, right. And so in some strange way like me drawing these other worlds is like my own way of teleporting um like out of my house or out of my day-to-day routine or uh it just it allows me to allows me to break break that routine absolutely and go somewhere else that's I love that you put that into your own personal artwork. That's amazing. I mean, that's what books really do. I mean, that's just that's literally why they're so amazing because you can really escape your own reality and kind of do whatever. I love that. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> I even like just like Lord of the Rings. Oh my God, I like used to dress up as Frodo and like be <laughs> really weird and like run through the woods. Like I was such a little freak. <laughs> so um, you know, I'm glad that you appreciate that (laughs) yeah absolutely so tell us about how the markets are going have you been in a couple markets right yeah i've done some markets um they've actually been like really uh they've been really great and i've been really inspired by them um i always wondered like how some of the things that i make would do out in the real world and Mm -hmm. so going to these markets it's just so supportive um and also like really fulfilling to see someone pick up something that I've made and like laugh or smile um, and it brings them happiness. Like it's such a, it's so inspiring and just, it fuels me to, to make more, to see that people are relating to something that I've made. Yeah. Um, so I've been loving the markets. I want to do, I want to do way more. I have like so many more ideas for this year that I want to work on with like new products and um, new mediums. Like I was experimenting with embroidery recently and, and that has been like really cool. Shout out to Josh for helping me bring that to yeah shout out to him in general (laughs) um but he really he's so supportive and he um he helped me bring some of my drawings to life through embroidery and like they turned out so cool and i just i want to make so much more with that now yeah and like exploring other mediums like i really want to do more ceramic work like i used to i played with clay a lot uh, uh, when i was 
younger and I took some ceramics class a couple years ago and I really want to do more of that and I just want to open the book to like all these possibilities like I just want to I just want to dabble in in everything <laughs> I mean I feel like as with the, with the time and everything you should just absolutely you should hit all those things I mean there's no reason why you, you shouldn't yeah, and that was like a huge reason with wanting to go freelancing too. Is that I wanted more control of my time. I wanted to, I wanted to be able to travel and get inspired, and I wanted to, you know, take classes if you know on a Tuesday afternoon if I wanted to. Um, I didn't want to be so limited to a desk. Yeah. I needed to work with my hands again, and I wanted to go to markets, and I wanted to. Um, I just wanted to like live more. Right. And you so, can definitely do that with, you know, like you said, with control of every second of your day. That's the dream. Then you're living it. I want to backtrack a, backtrack a little bit because I noticed probably some points we were going to either personal work or client work that you may run into like a, like a roadblock of, you know, or lose some inspiration or creativity or how do you handle like kind of getting over those humps? Oh, the ruts. And boy, do I hit those. Yeah. <laughs> like, they are, they are real. Um, I think the best way to get out of those is to do something you've never done before. And it can be, and it can, that can look a bunch of different ways. It can be, you know, traveling. It can be taking um, a class that you've never you know something you've never done before it could be a class that you've already taken before like if you you know click ceramics or something but i just think it's getting outside of what you normally do and opening up your mind again um yeah. so even for me like i like i would say that 2018 was a year of ruts for me it was like a roller coaster um and so i didn't even like to get out of mine, I didn't even want to do anything creative. I just wanted to, I just wanted to run. Okay. <laughs> like I just, I just needed to like go work out or I needed to, I just needed anything that was moving to get like my insides to move, yeah. my inner self to be, to want to move. So, um, sometimes it just, it takes that. Sometimes you just need to like let go and accept the fact that everyone has ruts and that you will get out of it and maybe you just need a little rest yeah that's really all it is and i'm glad you mentioned exercising because i tell everyone exercising is so beneficial to being a creative to being anything honestly um, oh yeah absolutely it's so you, you just it's something that you just need to do so i'm glad you mentioned that yeah i mean when i was working uh my nine to five like I completely stopped working out and mm -hmm. I think that was also like a huge downfall for me um because I would get home and I was just so I was just so tired that I didn't want to work out and now I've implemented it into you know my part of my day-to-day -day life so yeah and I can completely see the change in my mental health now because of it so absolutely um definitely everyone work out <laughs> yes that's awesome so how's and you mentioned travel a little bit are there any places that you've been that really kind of stuck with you over the years um hawaii for one mm -hmm. my because it's just like the most magical place for nature 
um, I love it there. There's something about the air there. My mom grew up there, so we've gone a couple times as a family, and I just, it almost feels like a second home to me. Um, I just, it's, it's magical. I don't know. It's, I mean, Elvis knows. <laughs> he loved Hawaii. <laughs> so, yes, yes, yes. Uh, <laughs> you gotta listen to Elvis. Um, so Hawaii, and then for sure Japan, because mm -hmm. I felt like everything there was something that either I could have made or I wish that I had made. Yeah. So like walking around there, I was just like, I spent so much money buying stuff there. <laughs> <laughs> um, but that was a really cool trip too. I went with like all the women in my family. So my grandma, my mom, me and my sister. Yeah. And it was, um, it was just a beautiful trip and I got to see like where my grandma grew up and um, it just meant a lot to, it meant a lot to our family. So that trip overall was yeah. very inspiring. That's amazing. I've heard nothing but good things about Japan too. That's really awesome. Japan is wild. Like I, yeah, everyone should go there. They are on a whole different level than <laughs> yeah. all of us. That's what it always <laughs> looks like. <laughs> That an amazing so cool. level too like it's that's they know what's up yes absolutely so going back to being in austin you mentioned earlier that people are flocking there a lot of creatives and a lot of people in a lot of different fields are you does that ever discourage you at all or is it kind of does it um i guess kind of scare you a little bit you know i was thinking about that earlier um just like this idea of not being good enough as an artist, uh, especially with like social media, because it's so easy to, to go on the internet and you are just, you see so many people. Um. The Free Piece of Podcast is sponsored by Zipster, specializing in custom websites and local design. You don't have to lift a finger to look cool online. Visit Zipster.com and see what they can do for you. I think that for me personally, it was very easy to get discouraged um, just because I would see how, like the talent in people and it was so easy for me to say, well, I'm not as good as this person and like I'll never be able to do that and uh, what do I have to offer because like look at how amazing all this stuff is or these people are and, um, and then I have to take a step back and realize that my voice is unique mm -hmm. and like my my mind is like I'm the only one who thinks the way that I do and it might not be like technically as good as this person or that person but it's still my own and like accepting that and believing in yourself and like really believing in yourself and really believing that you are worthy um, is so important as an artist yeah absolutely yeah. especially when it comes to people who are you know when it, being in a city like that or new york or california oh God, like, yeah. you can't you can't <laughs> let that really discourage you because you already have clients and that to me is like look you have work so why are you but i get why people get like oh god no this person's gonna you know outdo me and i'm gonna have to go back to my nine to five whatever but it's absolutely not true i so. mean there's just there's enough out there for everyone and if you try hard and you 
are good to work with, like if people like you, because it's important to have a good attitude. Mm -hmm. No one wants to work with someone who's got a bad attitude. Um, So just like keeping your work ethic high and um, just not letting yourself get the better of you because I've let myself do that so many times. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and it's, like I said, it's so easy with, you know, social media, seeing the um, amount of talent that's out there. So much. And to be like, <laughs> and to be like well, like, what's the point? Um, but yeah, you just got to persevere and it will pay off. Yes, it you- always does. Perseverance pays. Tony Hawk said that himself. Um, <laughs> so while we're on the topic, because I'm very curious what you think, and you mentioned that you know your views on social media. But what what are your what do you, what are your thoughts on social media and Instagram and all that? How do you take that? Uh, well, I'm really bad at social media. I don't post <laughs> like ever, which is terrible as someone who's like trying to make connections and network so that is one of my goals this year is to be more active on it yeah. um it's not only being active but like not being self-conscious about it like sometimes i'll struggle to post something because i'll be embarrassed and I'm, and I'm like why do i even like why do, what do i even have to be embarrassed about there's no reason to to feel this way zero um yes. <laughs> it's zero there's like zero reason, zero reason. um which and that has a lot to do with confidence and and i will you know i'm working on that but um i think social media is a really great tool as long as you you know don't let it get the better of you kind of like what we just were discussing it's like yeah you can be you can be inspired by the people on there or you can be discouraged and there's like you know, those are complete opposites. <laughs> right, Feeling right. Opposite feelings that you can get from it. Um, but it's amazing because you can see artists from across the world now, and it's so easy, and you can connect with them, and you can collaborate with them. Um, so awesome. I would like, you know, I've let social media get the best of me, but I think 2019, I'm going to get the best of it. Of social media, exactly. I mean, use it to build your community. That's why I tell people who get discouraged. So like, if you see someone that you think is better than you, whatever, shoot them a message. Like, hey, I, Absolutely. Li- I like what you're doing. Do you think maybe we can know if you're in your if they're in your same area? Maybe you can connect and you can learn something from them. They'll probably learn something from you. You know what I'm saying? You can't let that you know intimidate you at all. Absolutely, and I think that meeting up with people who you admire and. Um, you can ask questions to or just be around like just having lunch with someone that you really that you really mm-hmm. believe in that you want to be like like that's just being around that energy I think is something that you can take away from absolutely yeah, this is amazing I learned so much doing this with you this is awesome <laughs> well I'm glad I'm glad I'm not failing because I hung up on you already you once. definitely failed in that part <laughs> we can fix that luckily <laughs> That's cool. So you've dropped a lot of jewels on us, a lot of advice throughout the whole entire interview, but maybe this can be directed towards people who are trying to go freelance and who are kind of scared. Can you give us some tips or um, some pointers of what maybe like a top three um, things to know or things to um, do when you think about going freelance? Let's see. One would be 
to save up some money before you make the plunge. Mm -hmm. Have a little bit of cushion because sometimes it's, you know, the adjustment period of learning how to run your finances. Um, you're going to want a little bit of cushion. Mm -hmm. So that's important. Um, two would be to create, be creating work and putting out work that you want to draw in so like I really want to do more illustrative work this year so I've been posting um, just more illustrations than, than design stuff because mm -hmm. I want to do um, like I want to do more children's books and anything uh, anything illustration so basically put out what you want to get back in um, yes. and three even though I didn't do it I would say <laughs> get some have some clients lined up yes um it'll make it way less stressful i mean even if it's like one or two and then maybe they know someone who they can pass on your information to or um you know if you have friends who know people talk to them just let people know make make sure people know that you are free to do work right not free like not free like financially but like you are free as in freelancing <laughs> yes <laughs> i think one thing because you can't do free right absolutely not <laughs> i think one thing that a lot of freelancers are know people who went freelance you know at the beginning they just had to cut out a lot of their ha their old habits of spending oh so, yeah i mean i ate a lot of rice and beans in the beginning <laughs> yep. and that's the thing that people don't want to do he's like look if you cut it off maybe you need to cut the cable off or not go to starbucks every day or you know make your own coffee eat the ramen noodles or whatever you know you can make it work it's true i mean my dad like used to make fun of me when i first started because i was so frugal like i would not spend money on anything like yes. i um but like you have to do that and it kind of it puts your priorities into check and what's mm -hmm. important to you and um and if going freelance is important to you which i mean for me it was like having the freedom to control my own time and make my own schedule was like invaluable yeah. then it it all will be worth it in the end absolutely yeah this is awesome and before we go uh tell us i mean you mentioned doing children's books and a couple projects are there any like long-term goals you're aiming for long term and i have so dreamed of having like a little shop where all of my creations can can live and exist and um have a little gallery space with a little print set up so my long-term goal is to create like bring my world of creations into fruitation in the form of a little retail shop yes that's my that, that's my end goal and like i want it to be super cute with <laughs> lots of plants and like hidden creatures like popping out from behind light fixtures um Yo. that's kind of like my that's like my end goal because i just i want i just i want to live in that world forever and i don't ever want to I don't ever want that part of me to die. I can totally see that part of your life happening. And I can totally see walking <laughs> into your shop and be like, this is like a magical, magical place. <laughs> it's going to happen. I'm putting it out there right now. You yes. have it recorded now. Yes. <laughs> yeah, put <laughs> It'll it It'll happen. Yes, I know it's going to happen. But oh my gosh, thank you so much for doing this.
Oh, thanks for putting up with me. No, of course. <laughs> I've, I've been so excited to have you on the podcast. Your story is great. I think you're such a wonderful person. I'm glad we met. Um, so, me too, Daniel. Yes. So where can we find you on interwebs? Um, right now, it's just Instagram at nightlam. Um, that's N-I-T-E-L-A-M-B. I'll be redoing my website this year, so that'll be up eventually. Right now, so right now it's just Instagram. Yes, but, but yeah, if anyone wants to reach out and talk, like please hit me up. I'd I'd love to have some conversations with other artists out there. So yes, and there hit me up. Yes, please hit her up. She's full of knowledge and she's taking the plunge of going freelance. So she'll be a great resource for you to use, people. So definitely hit her up. Um, I'll put your information in the description on all our platforms. But other than that, we're good. Thank you so much for doing this interview with us. Oh, thank you so much, Daniel. This was so much fun. <laughs> Absolutely. Definitely enjoy the rest of your day. You too. Bye, right. Daniel. Bye.